welcome to the Yoga Focus podcast. I'm Laura Gellner, a yoga therapist, occupational therapist, and the owner of Focused Wellness Therapeutics. I provide one-on-one yoga therapy sessions, small group therapeutic yoga, and online education for yoga teachers that is rooted in science. For more information, check out my website, lauragyoga.com. On the second page here, where we're talking about how to bring play and fun and curiosity into your yoga practice. The first one here is thinking about, especially during balancing poses and some of the more challenging standing poses, if you wobble or if you fall out of the pose and you have to go back into it, can you do that with a smile? Can you kind of giggle to yourself or make it something that instead of feeling like, oh, I failed, I fell out of that pose, you're just doing this as a playful thing, right? If kids are on the playground and they fall or they kind of roll, it's all part of the process. So as adults, we're trying to bring that idea back into our practice of not letting it be so very serious. Allow this to be a space where you get to practice playfulness and being at ease with trying things and not succeeding the first time. Okay, the next one is such a fun one. If you ever get to do partner yoga, I usually teach a partner class at the studio around Valentine's Day, Um, but it's not necessarily just for romantic partners. I've had people take it with their children or with a friend. It's really something you can do with any other person who wants to have fun with you. And The other one is acro yoga. So in acro yoga, there's one person who's kind of on the mat with their feet up in the air usually, and then the other person goes on top of their feet. So you call it a base and a flyer, and you do all of these different poses together. And it requires such incredible teamwork and communication. And there's a lot of, you know, falling out of the pose and laughing, and it's just such a fun experience. And if you do that with a good friend or your partner, it's such a bonding experience to do that. I remember somebody telling me that, you know, you could talk to somebody for hours and hours and hours, and it would create a little bit more strength within your relationship. But if you spent one hour playing with somebody, doing something fun, that increases your bond so much faster. And I really think that's true. If you do something fun and playful, you get to know somebody on a totally different level than kind of their normal day to day. So if you ever get a chance to try partner yoga or acro yoga, very fun experience. Okay, the next one is cultivating an attitude of fun in terms of enjoying the process, not sprinting toward the outcome. And I think this is a really hard one for most Western yoga practitioners because our society puts such an emphasis on the end result, the end result of what the pose looks like or what your physical practice looks like is held up on a pedestal on social media and all of these different kind of visual representations of yoga. But the process that you are going through to get there is so much more important. So when we get on our mat and even in our day-to-day life, We're trying to think about how can I enjoy the process? And there's this wonderful poem that 
I'll try to find and stick in here, but it's it's basically talking about how we fall into these patterns of sprinting toward the finish line. And it's really, if you look at the bigger scope of our life, it's like we're rushing toward death. That's the end result of life, right? But if we can slow ourselves down and in, enjoy the in-between, enjoy the process before we get to that finish line, you're going to have so much more enjoyment in life. So I know this is something that I struggle with. I'm a very goal-oriented person. So this is something that I really try to work on on my mat. Enjoy the process. Have fun with the process. Bring a little bit of playfulness into it. And when things go wrong, can we maintain our sense of humor? The next one is one of my favorite ways to slow down my physical practice and create a very strong internal awareness. And that's what I call a breath by breath practice or a breath by breath posture exploration. So this is something you can do in any yoga posture or in any transition. It's a, a very focused attention to your breath, but specifically to the energetic quality that exists within your ex within your inhale and within your exhale. So within the inhale, you're thinking, where do I feel upward movement of energy? Where do I feel lightness and openness? And then when you exhale, you're thinking, where do I feel settling, support, grounding, or softness? Whatever word kind of um, feels the most natural for you. You don't have to go through the whole list, but pick a word that feels natural. So then as you're in that pose for several breaths, then you are thinking, inhale, where is the lightness? Exhale, where is the grounding? And every breath cycle that you go through, you are strengthening your connection to the lightness and to the grounding. So you'll notice that those are two kind of opposite experiences, and it creates this incredible balance within your yoga pose. So you're constantly moving through this fluctuation of inhale, exhale, lightness, grounding. And after you do that for a few breaths, you get to such a balanced place within your pose. It's such a great way to explore any yoga posture that you are in and coming at it with this curiosity of like, where, where in this pose do I feel the lightness? Where in this pose do I feel the grounding? You go through a few breaths like that, you go into the next posture. Okay, new posture. Now where do I feel the lightness? Now where do I feel the grounding? So it's a way to take a pose that maybe you've done a thousand times and bring this new curiosity, this new exploration to it, and it creates such a stronger connection to your breath. Love doing that kind of practice. Okay, the next one is setting an intention to approach your practice with curiosity. A lot of times when we go into a yoga class or when we personally get onto our yoga mat to do our, our home practice, I recommend setting aside just a, a minute or so at the very beginning of your practice to set an intention so that you are directing yourself toward something, focusing your energy toward something, um, whatever it is that you're trying to cultivate on your mat that day. Uh, the experience of playfulness, the 
ability to use curiosity to explore your poses. Maybe you're trying to break some habits of harsh or judgmental self-talk and you're trying to create a shift toward more curiosity. So at the beginning of your practice, you're just sitting for a moment or standing for a moment, whatever you like, and you are asking yourself, what is my intention for this practice? What am I trying to put my energy toward? And then you're going to give yourself some sort of answer, like today I'm cultivating curiosity. And you're going to remind yourself of that throughout your practice. Whenever you have a little bit of stillness, remind yourself, today on my mat, I'm working on cultivating curiosity. And that is going to help you to stay focused, kind of keep your energy directed toward what your intention is so that it doesn't go off the rails, hopefully. Um, and some of those other habits that we don't want to put energy toward, we don't want to foster, might start to pull our energy. So the intention can really be a process of like reining in your energy, making sure it's going toward what you want to build, what you want to feed on your mat that day. And that brings us to the next one, which is meeting your harsh inner critic with some sort of a witty comeback. <laughs> um, you can use the phrase that works for you, that feels natural for you. But when we have those thoughts that rise up of, I fell out of that pose, I'm bad at yoga, everybody else is so much more flexible than me, I don't think I should be in here. This class is way too advanced for me. What am I doing here? I'm out of my league any of those sort of thoughts that come up, the very next thought, you kind of have like a plan. You have a phrase ready to go because you know your brain is going to do that. It's what most of our brains will do when we're in a challenging situation. You have a phrase. And the one I put here is, oh, silly brain. I don't believe you. So this is important. There's a quote that says, basically, you don't have to believe everything that your brain says. And I love that because sometimes we think that everything our brain says is true and that is not the case especially when you start to examine your self-talk you can meet those thoughts with mm, no i don't agree with that or whatever other phrase you feel like works for you personally and if you can bring in a little bit of like whimsy and fun of kind of like mm, all right brain i don't think so keeping that attitude will help to kind of balance out that harsh inner critic. So that way our mat does not become a place where we just beat ourselves up and it strengthens that negative process of talking to ourselves harshly. We don't want that to happen on our mat. That is not helpful to us. But working on a way to meet the harsh inner critic and kind of flip it around is a very helpful process. And there are so many opportunities on our mat to practice that. So look for those opportunities. Okay, think I've never done yoga with this body or this mind before. What is it going to be like? So this is a very particular way to foster creativity or curiosity. The idea is that every single time you step onto your yoga mat, even though you might be doing the poses that you have done for years or poses that you've done over and over and over, you have never done this yoga practice before. Your body has never been this old. Your mind has never been as wise and experienced as it is right now. You've literally never done this practice before. So it's a, a way of kind of breaking us out of habit and routine because 
even though yoga is very much about being mindful and being present, if you've done certain poses over and over, a lot of times our brains just check out and we go into routine and habit and we're not present. So going at your practice from this space of curiosity and we call it like fresh eyes. You're trying to look at your practice with fresh eyes. Even though I know downward facing dog and I've done that pose before, I've never done it with this body and I've never done it with this mind before. So how is my practice going to feel today, right now? So a little way to bring that curiosity into your practice and also a way to help your practice to be flexible. So because your body and your mind are different than they were yesterday or last week, your practice might not look exactly the same. And that's okay because you have a different body and you have a different brain in this practice. So be aware of that and allow yourself to adjust accordingly. Okay, the next one, which I love because I come from a a background of my teacher studied Iyengar yoga. So props were a big thing when I started studying yoga. And I love props because I teach therapeutic yoga and props are so helpful to, to adapting poses to meet the needs of each individual student. I recommend that you play around with props, experiment with different variations, and keep in mind that props are not just to make things easier. I think there's this idea in the yoga world that like if you're a beginner, you use props, but if you've been doing yoga for longer, you're more advanced, you don't need props. That's not the case at all. Props are a tool. They adapt the pose to the person for sure, but props are also for bringing attention to certain parts of the area um, in your body. Props are a teaching tool where if I'm trying to get a student to feel a particular thing in their body, I might have them use a strap because I'm trying to focus more attention into pure hip flexion instead of using compensatory patterns. Sometimes that's easier for me to demonstrate and have them feel when we use a strap instead of trying to hold your foot with your hand because then you tend to go into those old compensatory patterns. So sometimes using a prop can actually make it more specific or more difficult. Um, There are other variations where you can like go into forward fold and put your feet up onto a block so you're actually getting a deeper stretch. So props are not just about making things easier. And if you approach the use of props with a sense of playfulness and curiosity of like, how does this change my practice? How many different ways can I use this? And how can I use it to learn new things about my body? Props become incredibly helpful. Um, And one of my favorite props, of course, is the wall. I love to use the wall as a way to help students to explore poses in a new way. Okay, the last one here, if you really want to foster the sense of play and curiosity within your yoga practice, I recommend trying what's called laughter yoga. When I went to a laughter yoga class, my friend kind of dragged me against my will. (laughs) I wasn't very excited about it. And in the beginning, it was definitely kind of weird. I'd never done anything like it. But as we got to the middle and the end of class, It was one of the most fun things I have ever done. Like once I kind of let go of that, oh, I'm uncomfortable, this is a little weird, and just let myself dive in, it was so much fun. And especially because you're doing it with other people. Like I was saying before, when you do something playful and fun, 
it immediately bonds you to the people that you are having that experience with. And laughter yoga definitely has that whole process in it because you are doing these exercises with other people around you and it just breaks down those walls of separateness and you just feel amazing when you leave. I think the experience that I had when I left the laughter yoga class was one of the peak experiences for me in terms of my mood and my energy. I felt so good and it was so fun. So if you need a little bit of laughter and fun and playfulness in your life, try to find a laughter yoga class. If you can do it in person, that is um, definitely ideal. But anything to experience laughter yoga is going to bring some fun and playfulness into your day. All right, so we'll end this section with the quote that I stuck in here. It says, yoga is a dance between control and surrender between pushing and letting go, and when to push and when to let go becomes part of a creative process, part of the open-ended exploration of your being. I think that's such a wonderful thing to think about when you're on your mat. What is this creative process of knowing when to push and knowing when to let go? I see this as one of those key things that we learn from what we do in our yoga practice, and then we take it and we expand it out to the rest of our life. Because within the bigger scope of our life, if we know when to push ourselves and when to pull back and when to rest, that is such a great way to approach everything in your life and to, to really kind of maintain your health and your well-being when you get good at that creativity. All right, so the next one we are going to talk about allowing your practice to be flexible. Thank you for being here on the Yoga Focus podcast. I'm Laura Gellner. If you would like to stay connected to more yoga resources, you can follow me on Instagram at Yoga. I have many YouTube videos, at Laura Gellner, The Yoga Focus Method, and you can find links to my book, Yoga Therapy at the Wall, and all of my online courses at my website, lauragyoga.com. Thanks so much for being here.